I'm Ingrid Delamar Kenny. I'm the CEO and founder of The Method. She's also my wife and she's the smartest woman I've ever met. First of all, she's my mom and she's really cool. She's all that and she's a superhero. Never mind CEO, she's gangster. This is the Pardon My French podcast. On this episode, you'll hear about wellness, fitness, Frenchism, and lifestyle, a Trey fucking chic gangster podcast. Hosted by fitness and wellness French hedonism guru and creator of The Method, The Body, yours truly, Ingrid Delamar Kenny, live from Monte Carlo, Monaco. On this show, you'll find a mix of audio entertainment, including listener and audience questions answered about health wellness, lifestyle, family, and relationships, and my French holistic tips to be healthy, have your best body, and transform both your body and your mindset into the happiest ever, as well as living la belle vie lifestyle like a chic French gangster. Welcome to Pardon My French, episode 14. I'm Ingrid Delamar Kenny, and I am your host today, as I always am, live from Monte Carlo. It would be more befitted for me to say bonjour, bonjour tout le monde, as today is all about French etiquette. French etiquette and how it can help you actually be healthy, eat better, and keep a small waist, just like French women. So, today is going to be a lot about my mom. She is not here, I wish she was, so I could interview her and you could hear her speak her beautiful French. No one speaks a more beautiful French than my mama. Her name is Suzanne. My mom is today 80 years old and I am her fourth child. Now, with my brothers and sisters, um, she has very much, no matter where in the world we lived, um, and we have lived in France and we've lived also in the United States. I've lived in the United States most of my life. Um, she's always, always made sure that she educated us and bred us um, within the French culture, French etiquette um, and French mentality. And I today thank her so much because as I evolve in the wellness Space, I realized that a lot of the things that she taught us, um, because it's polite, because it's, um, it's bourgeois, because it's accurate, because it's proper, um, everything is actually correlated with our health. And so she was on point about literally everything that she pestered me with when I was little. And so today, I want to share a few of those fundamentals with you so you too can apply a little bit of French etiquette, culture, and mentality into your everyday life to help you intuitively make better, healthier choices and have a chicer, happier life. So, in real French fashion, I want you to know this episode is going to be shorter and to the point than all of the other episodes. Why? Because the first thing you should know 
about French etiquette and being French is that less is more. Less is fucking more. Except when it comes to an arm, a wrist full of bracelets. Then in this case, I have long arms, I'm gonna wear tons of bracelets. But other than that, less is fucking more. So this episode is gonna be chic, simple, to the point, and short, tout simplement. So obviously today's tips, French tips, are going to um, be mostly about table manners and etiquette because we want those tips to be beneficial for health and weight loss efforts and possibly our cortisol levels and other hormone levels um, to be good. So let's start with some basics. First of all, one thing that Suzanne, my mama, uh, always insisted on when I was little and turned out to be so, so true was to sit up straight. That sounds so basic so far, right? But both of your forearms should be framing your plate and be on the table. So you should not have your wrists on the table and never have your elbows on the table, but definitely your forearms on the table. Also, Suzanne, my mama, always insisted that I sit at the tip of my chair. So if you see me, even now as I'm podcasting, drinking, sipping on my inulin tea, my Simply Inulin tea, I'm actually sitting at the very tip of my chair. And that's quite comfortable, but what that does, that prevents me from slouching on the back of the chair. And so while you eat, all of this postural elements that she imposed on me turned out to be so beneficial to my waistline. I'll explain. Technically, I realized when I lived in the United States and I even have some family members who eat that way, very often they will grab their fork in their right hand. In France, you never ever grab your fork in your right hand unless you are a lefty, in which case you should absolutely grab your fork from your left hand. Um, from, from, your, from your left hand, yeah. Uh, no, from your right hand, sorry. <laughs> so, if you are a righty, in France, you never ever eat with your fork in your right hand unless you are scooping food. So if it's a spoon or you're pushing rice into your spoon with your knife, in that case, you actually switch and you will take your, for your fork in the right hand. But in France, your left hand should have the knife and the right hand should, should have the fork. Now, that being said, very important that even if you are eating something like mashed potato puree, you actually do not ever, and some family members in the United States do that, put your hand, your right hand or your left hand on your lap as you eat with the other hand. That is extremely rude and that also makes you completely um, uneven in your alignment, in your posture. It brings a shoulder all the way down. It's making you go very close to the plate to reach for your food. Now, you should know that, that being said, even if you are eating something 
that you don't necessarily need a knife for, very often, if you're French, and I do that, you will keep the knife in your hand, even if you're not going to cut anything. As you're eating, you're always with your fork and knife in your hands. And you're never, you know, wagging your knife to talk or moving your fork in the air to make gestures. Your forks and knives are always, always a half a centimeter away and over your plate. That's very important to being skinny and I'll explain why. That's because it actually prompts you to be in such postural alignment that you're not slouching over your plate. And I know I've said that in a previous episode, you're not slouching over your plate. And so your esophagus is not all zigzaggy and all crumbed down to reach out for your food. Believe it or not, the way that you are sitting, your posture is going to be a big, big, big factor in your digestive process. And if you're slouching and you have one hand with your fork, and especially if it's the right hand with the fork and the other arm or forearm or hand on your lap, and you're just moving your foot around with the fork and not using your knife, chances are you're going to be slouching and also you're going to be bending over and getting your mouth closer to your plate and your fork. And so all of this bending out of shape, bent out of shape as they say, is going to cause some digestive obstacles. And when digestion becomes obstructed by your posture, for example, your cortisol levels, which is your stress hormone, which is very, very affected by digestion, cortisol levels will go up. When cortisol levels go up, as you have learned from all of my previous episodes, you are more inclined to have what we call insulin resistance. When insulin resistance happens, you are inclined to gain weight, especially in your midsection. And that is weight that you cannot lose from dieting. Because when insulin resistance happens due to cortisol levels being high, there is no diet or salad that you can eat or carbs that you can cut out that will make you lose the weight. So your posture as you eat is very important. So remember, always holding your fork and knife right near your plate, a half a centimeter away from your plate. That's less than a thumb away from your plate. And having your forearms on the table by each side of the plate, never putting an elbow on the table. If you are at a French table and you put your elbows on the table, chances are if you're a child, you will get completely punished and shoot away from the table to eat in your room. If you are an an adult, you will be called a slob, whether to your face or maybe behind your back when you leave. So that being said, there's another thing. While your knife never leaves the proximity ever of your plate, you never bring a knife to your mouth, your fork is the vessel from your plate to your mouth, your food vessel. So the idea is not like many Americans do, and like I've seen, like I said, some of my family members would do. The idea is never 
to go bring your mouth to your fork. You never actually bring your mouth close to your plate. The idea is to sit up straight as high over your plate as you possibly can. The taller you are, of course, the higher you're going to be. But you're supposed to sit up tall and to bring your fork to your mouth. That process alone is already so laborious. It's already putting such a process of transport from your plate to your mouth that it's going to also prompt you to not only sit up straight so you don't obstruct, obstruct your digestion and, call, and cause cortisol levels to go up, but the transportation process, the, 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 I want to call it the transfer process of the food from the plate to your mouth, when it's actually your fork that has to come up to your mouth with your arm going up, your arm actually makes this movement up. This actual process of transfer is laborious and that creates a different speed and different relationship with the process of eating. It prevents you from gobbling down. It, actu it actually takes down your speed a notch. So imagine how all of these aspects of etiquette that my mother instilled in me as a child and threatened to punish me and threatened to cut my arm if I didn't put it on the table and threatened to burn my fingers if I wouldn't hold my fork right. She never did any of that. She was actually super gentle and sweet. But those are things I remember. She used to say, well, if you don't have your arm, your forearm on the table, it means you don't need your arms. By any means, maybe we should cut it. Eat one now, keep one for later. That's what she used to say. I used to think she was horrible. But guess what? The lady was right. The lady was not out of her mind. She was right. All of that actually makes the ceremony of eating completely different. It affects your cortisol levels and it even affects your leptin hormone. Your leptin hormone, remember, we spoke about it in one of the previous episodes, is your satiation hormone. And I explained in the previous episode that 60% of your satiation is actually triggered before you even put the food in your mouth and start chewing it from the process of eating and the aspect of your food. So there's a few things that are good to contemplate in what I just said and food for thought for sure. Um, let's see, there's like, I think of the fork and knife as somewhat of an invisible wall um, between the human body and the food. And I'm not meaning that there should be an obstacle between the human body and food because everything I say is about making food your friend, not your enemy. But you have to realize that the more you eat real food, the more likely you will be to need a fork and knife. So you want to try to think of it that way. When you're going to cook dinner, Think of it that way. Say, I want to cook a dinner where we're going to need a fork and knife. I don't want to make dinner where there's going to be potentially finger food. And what that does, 
by thinking of the mandatory use of fork and knife at tonight's dinner, you're already squashing away the use of, process, of processed food in your home, which in France is a very common um, reason for arousing disgust. French people in general don't like processed food very much. The new generation are starting to be very American and like processed food. But I'm talking about my parents' generation, which is the one that, you know, that, what, that created the breed that I am today and what I'm trying to um, not teach to my kids. But there's a certain, there's, there's less uneasiness about our unprocessed food here because we want to use forks and knives. So, for example, psychologically, the fork does far more than the fingers. It picks up the food and transports it to your mouth. And physically, it does exactly what the fingers would do, but the fork does far more. It's an instrument that can serve so significantly for a purpose. And looking at it that way, it could repel you from actually cooking or serving food that you're most likely to eat with your hands. So for example, if you're gonna have tacos and you buy taco shells, automatically you're gonna be like, well, that's gonna have to be eaten with our hands but I want to eat with a fork and knife. So what do I do? So now the idea that you want to be more French lately becomes a problem because you have to buy taco shells. And adding taco shells into your menu means that you and your family are going to be eating with your fingers. Now that becomes very tricky because French people barely eat with their fingers. The only thing they will eat with their finger is the bread that's on the table. And there's another etiquette thing about bread, and I might speak about it in a bit. And asparagus. French people actually eat asparagus with their fingers. So they don't actually eat pizza with their fingers. They'll have a sandwich, but that's besides the point. Besides, a sandwich is not something you serve at dinner or even at lunch. A sandwich is something that you have when in France, when you have absolutely no choice and you are on the go and you have to eat something. And that is the only choice that you have. So the taco shell becomes a problem. So what do you do? Well, if you're gonna be more French, you're gonna swap your taco shell for a lettuce shell. And at that point, you're not gonna grab the lettuce shell filled with your chili and whatever the case may be, of your taco, the, the, the stuffing of your taco, no, you're gonna go and you're gonna eat it with your fork and knife. You're gonna cut and eat it with your fork and knife. Speaking of lettuce, once you're at a restaurant and your lettuce salad is served to you, a French person will never actually chop the lettuce once it's in their plate and served. Once it be, it's been washed, cut and served by the chef, you actually go and fold it over to fit it in your mouth, but you never, ever cut lettuce in your plate. That's just um, something that I thought about as I was talking about lettuce. So there you have it. 
instead of eating tacos, you can have sexy tacos as I do on my Simply the Best e-cookbook, but my sexy tacos are with lettuce. And one of the big reasons for that, the motivation for that, is that Gilles is half French. He's half French, half British, and also grew up in Miami like I did. But the French side of him, which is very much his, you know, identity and his education, like myself, is his parents, his mother and his grandparents, his maternal grandparents had a huge impact on his um, cultural um, ways. And so I could never even serve him a taco at home. If we go to a Mexican restaurant, there's a place called Sexy Tacos in, in, in Monaco that we go to, then in this case, he might even eat it with his hands. But we went last week and I actually ate my taco with my fork and knife. There's really something repulsive for me about eating with my hands. And I think it comes from my childhood. Don't get me wrong, I do touch food with my hands because I cook, I'm a cook. I, I mix my meatballs, I very often, if there's not too many spices and I didn't just do my nails, I'm going to, you know, do my meatballs with my bare hands without wearing gloves. But when I eat, I don't like to get my hands dirty. I'm very French in that way. And that causes a certain barrier between you and processed food between you and finger food, between you and carb-rich food, because most processed food, most carb-rich foods, most not, not French-like food are going to be the kind that you can eat with your fingers. So I went on a tangent. We went from your posture, so now you know, having your forearms on the table, never your elbows and never your hands while you're eating, on your laps, always on the table. Your hands should be visible on the table the whole dinner. Even if you're waiting between your entree, which is the appetizer, and your plat de résistance, which is the main course, you will not put your hands on your laps. You will keep your forearms framing your plate. And if the plate was taken away to be switched for the next course, you will still keep your forearms and leave the, the place for your plate to be put down in between. So when you eat the French way, one thing that's great is that it causes a strong avoidance of contact with the food. And I think that's great. It's a great factor. For some French people, it will be the fear of germs. But for me, I see the aspect of actually making the process of eating slower, more paced, more cortisol friendly because you're taking your time. So digestion friendly, obviously, and definitely more chic. Um, Let's see, what else I can tell you about forks? Of course, there's the refinement that dictates the necessity of eating with a fork and knife. Um, you would never be served finger foods at a four-star restaurant. Um, you know, if a restaurant is serving finger foods, they would be probably stapled as lazy or unrefined. Like children eat, uh, like college student eats and lower income families will eat this type of simple, cheap, easy food 
that you can eat with your hands or simply with a fork and not a knife. So think like chicken nuggets or sloppy joe, you know. But either way, I'm sure if I serve my mom sloppy joe, she would find a way to eat it with a fork and knife. And probably so would I. Look, I ate tacos with a fork and knife last week. And I bet that this is why I ate less. I didn't finish my plate. Because it becomes such labor to actually bring that food without dropping it. It's like you have to be so geometrically accurate when you eat the type of food you're supposed to eat with your fingers, with your hand, you're supposed to eat with your fingers, with your fork. It makes it so laborious. You have to be so accurate. And that is great. So whether it's the abundance of finger food that makes us eat with our hands and makes us touch our food, um, in France, you need to know that even fruits are eaten with a fork and knife. Very rarely will you see someone eat a mango with their hands. So they'll eat uh, so if, if it's breakfast, I'll have my, my blueberries, blackberries with my hands. Um, but if it's dessert at, at lunch or dinner, I will never eat them with my hands. I will eat them with a fork, for example. Um, this, just the association of, for example, not eating with your fork and knife with foods like Fritos, Pop-Tarts, um, meats that don't even look like meats anymore, chicken nuggets, like highly processed meats. So already you set the tone when you say I'm going to serve tonight at the table and put forks and knives. Very important. Take pizza, for example. In France, pizza is thin crust. Very often when we go to our favorite restaurant, African Queen here, um, the owners will be so gracious and automatically send their specialty, which is the truffle pizza. So it has fresh truffles, tartufo. We've never eaten it with our hands ever. And I have yet to see a French person in that restaurant eat it with their hands. Most of the time, if someone eats that pizza with their hands and it's so thin, it's actually ridiculous to eat it with your hands. Um, and it's so not chic. But if we see people eating with their hands, we know that they're not French and that they're tourists. And where we live here, it's very touristic in the, in the summer, especially starting spring, summer. Um, but the whole process of eating pizza with a fork and knife and I posted on my story on Instagram this week Dakota my daughter eating it with a fork and knife it slows down the whole process and it forces you to focus a bit more on the pizza itself rather than just gobbling it down and shoving it down your throat every bite becomes more deliberate every bite is allowing you to appreciate the subtle flavors that you otherwise would have not felt because you would have folded your pizza into a sandwich almost and, you know, gobbled it down. What happens there? When you eat pizza with your fork and knife and you give time to your receptors 
your satiation receptors, your leptin hormone receptors, to recognize the subtle flavors, the cheese, the tomato sauce, the dough. The effect of satiation is automatically coming into play much sooner. And so you will get satiated with perhaps three or four less slices than you would if you ate it with your hands. That's insane. Another added bonus is instead of inhaling half a pie in 10 minutes, you're going to definitely find yourself full halfway through your second slice. So yeah, you can eat pizza. I'm all for it. But eat it like a French fucking gangster. And so that means eating a little less pizza. But you can eat pizza. And let's be honest, the goal of eating pizza isn't to eat a ton of pizza. It's to eat pizza until you're satisfied. So the idea is to trick your body into, into being a fucking French chic gangster to eat pizza till you're satiated. And how do you control how satiated you're going to be? Well, eat it with a fork and knife, with some etiquette. Sit at the tip of your chair so you don't obstruct your digestive tract by being all bent out of shape and crumbled down on the table. And you will be not only keeping your cortisol levels low because your digestive process is not obstructed by your posture, but also getting satisfied and satiating, satiated, tending to your leptin hormone exactly how she likes to be, tended to, by eating with a fork and knife and making the process long enough for your neurological receptors to realize what you're eating and delectable, to realize the delectable flavors and give you that sensation of satiation that comes from your hormones and not just from filling up your stomach with a ton of food. So it's a subtle thing. The difference is subtle, but it's there. There's even a, a utensil to eat oysters. We don't eat oysters just with our hands. Even escargot, snail, is in with a utensil. The whole, the French way is about being very ceremonial about the process of eating. So there's a utensil added on. It's that barrier. That barrier that makes you go through a process of politeness and etiquette that makes you make more of an effort to bring food to your mouth, from your plate to your mouth, to make you appreciate what you're putting in your mouth before you've even had contact with your food and your tongue. So for example, it's the same thing as eating in paper plates. A French person will never accept to eat in a paper or plastic plate. I'll pass you the details on the fact that plastic nowadays is very well known for being an endocrine disruptor. And it's been shown in many medical researches that eating in plastic will make you more hungry. I will never ever 
eat my takeout food in the forks with the plastic forks and knives they send. Even if I was to eat on the go in an office, if I have to, even though I don't like doing it and I don't do it anymore. But if I have to and I get takeout, no matter what my situation, I will not eat with the fork and knife that are plastic. That alone was shown by medical research that it is affecting your leptin hormone, meaning that it will affect your sense of satiation if you eat with plastic. So remove the stuff that you order out, out of the plastic and put it in porcelain, put it in glass. Eat with your forks and knives from home, your cutlery. Remove plastics, it affects your satiation and it affects your cortisol levels because it is not pleasant to the eye. So be a little bit more French about it and say, no, I'm being a chic gangster, French chic gangster. I'm not eating on plastic plates in a plastic bowl with plastic forks and knives. Transfer it. Transfer it, take the time to eat it and you will see, you will be more satiated. You'll be satiated much faster with less food depending on how it's served. I'm completely resistant to the idea of eating with my hands. Even a piece of cake, getting the icing on my hands is really bothering me. And by the way, cake here, if it's a soft cake, especially, or even a hard cake, whatever it is, pie, is not eaten with a spoon. You eat that with a fork. So I love that because it also, once again, it's a more ceremonial process and it also pushes you to put less in your mouth. So when I talk about the three bite rule, one to say bonjour, one to enjoy it, and one to say au revoir with dessert, make sure that you have that dessert if it's not liquid, if it's a pie, if it's a cake, make sure that you have it with a fork. That's also French and so much better. In many situations, for example, um, a, a fork would probably not work better than fingers. Sometimes it even works out worst. With a cake, for example, sometimes certain cakes are better in with your hands. But that's the whole point. While the fingers and hands handle the situation so well, they make it so much easier for you to eat more. So the sole reason that French people used to use forks is not just not to soil their fingers, but it's also a question of quantity. French people are embarrassed to eat a lot of food. They do not stuff their mouth until their cheeks are full. They don't take gigantic bites like I see some influencers doing when they put their fucking cameras in front of their ugly mouth and do I need to look at them chewing and especially on like a bite that like my fucking horse would eat? Not that I have a horse, but that a horse would eat? Like, are you serious? Why are you putting your fucking cameras in front of your mouth and I have to watch that on my stories as I wake up? I don't want to see you taking huge bites. 
fuck? I don't even want to see you taking little bites in front of your fucking camera. Why are you taking videos of you on your Insta story of you eating? That's nasty. Don't do that. That's rude, actually. That's not French. That's disgusting. But either ways, I get sidetracked. I, I had someone in mind when I said that, but no hate. Um, I, I just find it so repulsive. Um, but yeah, the idea of eating with a fork actually is also to make sure that you don't take huge bites. There's an expression that says, don't, uh, don't bite more than you can chew. Don't eat more than you can chew. Well, that's a very French thing. Although that expression is more about, you know, taking a task or um, for food, the French usually take very small bites. And that could be quite annoying if, for example, you have a reservation and you come for your table and the maitre d' says, oh, that family's about to leave. That just happened to us last week. They're about to leave. You're, this is your table. And then you watch the husband and the wife have their dessert and you go, oh my God, they are eating it so slow and taking such small bites, literally like little mice, that I will not get this table for another fucking hour. But guess what? That's why they're skinny. Cortisol level, super low. They're eating so slow. Digestion, fantastic. Satiation, on point. Because you're eating so slow, by the time you're, you've chewed three bites, you feel like you ate like a mountain. It's fantastic, it's fucking French. So yeah, we got our table a little late, but I understand the logic behind it and I have to say I love it. It makes a lot of sense to me. Suzanne was right, my mom. So she really insists, she used to yell at my brother if he took huge bites, she would call him a monkey, uh, an animal. Yeah, French people get very dramatic with being disgusted with bad manners. They, um, they name colors. That's, that's why you, that's why I called my podcast, pardon my French. That's why the expression pardon my French exists. So yeah, <laughs> got sidetracked again. Sorry. Um, what else can I tell you about? We spoke about pizza. We spoke about the fork and knife. Let's talk about table etiquette to start with. Did you know that um, in France, you cannot ask for seconds, not even if you're not at the restaurant at home. We never ask for seconds. The host or your mom or will say, I have a little more. Do you guys want more? And if you say yes, she'll probably give you like a tablespoon of it. But usually the French do not ask, nor do they go for seconds. So even if you have, you're at a party and there's a buffet, you will never see the same person twice at the buffet. And if you do, then they're not French. They're just tourists. So it's an insult to the chef to ask for more. If they offer more, then you're safe, of course. But trust me, if they offer more, and usually the French are very frugal, they make exactly the amount needed for each person in a portion size that is French, which is so accurate, which is so anti-American, the French will serve you portions that they know is medically accepted as satiating for a normal size intestine, for a normal size stomach. 
Americans have a whole different vision of how big the stomach is. That's what expands their stomach and then that's why they diet. And then they eat diet food and say, I love this diet food because I can have as much as I want. I eat so much food on this diet. Fuck you. You're a fucking idiot. If you eat a lot of food on this diet, not only you're an asshole because you're on a diet, but you're an asshole because you're eating like a fucking ass. Unclassy ass. Okay, sorry, I got sidetracked again. But yeah, the French do not ask for seconds. So that's where the salad trick comes in. Very often I hear people that diet or uh, people that are careful with their, um, their eating say, I had a salad for lunch. Guess what salad's not food? It's not an acceptable meal. Salad in France is something that's served for a small meal that's served as an appetizer or in a big meal, which is usually dinner or a big family lunch on Sundays, it will be served after the main course. And I will explain why. First of all, if you're still hungry at a French table, remember there's still salad and dessert or both and both and sometimes cheese also because the French serve cheese we don't very much at home I feel like that's a bit much for us but uh, if we have guests we will do it um, but yeah salad is served second and that's fantastic because as you're eating your main course first of all you get to eat your main course hot while the salad sits on the table. Second of all, second of all, knowing there's a salad after with delicious vinaigrette makes you not stress so much about satiating your hunger with the main course. Now the American mentality and the diet mentality, especially in America, has you eat salad before your meal to feel full or to eat less of the actual meal, your host or the mom has taken so much time to cook. Salad takes two minutes to, to, to create and to make or 10 minutes, let's say, while the main course took the cook quite some time. And yet you have this diet mentality that you're going to stuff yourself with super salad so that you will you eat less of the main course which is supposed to be what you're there to enjoy it is such a negative connotation on food you or whoever cooked as the, the main course it's when you when you do this you're telling the person who cooked the main course that you would prefer to eat salad to eat less of what they've put so much heart into that's not french you're setting yourself up to amputate yourself of enjoying your main course, which was the most laborious part of the meal to prepare. And you're amputating yourself of that pleasure by saying, I'm going to stuff myself with salad, so I'll eat less of the main, which the main is what you call the plat de résistance in French, which is the platter that's supposed to help you gain the energy you need to... Um, go about your day. Plat de résistance means the plate of résistance, the dish of résistance, which means 
at the time, I've explained it in another podcast, I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, but at the time it was for warriors, centuries ago. So they used to say, eat your main course, your plat de resistance, you need a full stomach to go and fight the war, to go on the field. So in France, while salad in America and everywhere else are served um, before a meal as the first course, the French, um, for the French it actually matters when they eat the salad and it's served after the main course at the end of a big formal meal. So for example, in my house, if I go to, if in my life, if I go to lunch um, at a restaurant between my work hours, I will have first a small salad and then I'll have my main course. But our formal dinners, that meaning the dinners we have at night or dinners with friends, big dinners, um, the salad will come after. So when inf- think about it like an informal smaller gathering, salad served first, but big gathering or your dinner, your family dinner every night, the salad is served second after the main course. So someone who's really a Francophile will know that when it comes to dining, you serve the salad later as a refreshing end to the meal. It makes sense. You don't fill up on greens before the dish that's meant to be the most satisfying. And my mom always used to say that the roughage aids in digestion. I believe that. Eating salad after your main course actually helps the digestion. It's fiber. It makes sense. Some people really save the salad for next because they like the main course really hot. And I think that's really the way to go. The salad can wait. That's how I see it. Having a salad after your meal, it's also French. And so believe it or not, once again, it has a health benefit. The minerals in the salad promote calm. So it's lighter and it's less likely to affect the quality of your sleep, for example. So if you let it go after your main course, so if it involves meats and you know the heavier stuff, Um, it's best to eat the salad after. It's more helpful to calm your body. The magnesium and the calcium in the salad are helpful to calm your body so you can digest better before bed. And those are the minerals that are found in salad ingredients like kale and spinach. By the way, spinach is my favorite salad to have. Spinach salad is my favorite. I don't love kale as much. Food for thought. French food for thought. Another amazing tip that comes from my mama Suzanne. You never start eating until the hostess sits down and says bon appétit. So until whoever cooked and served you sits down and says bon appétit, you do not start eating. And I think that's fantastic because it gives you momentum to enjoy, first of all, the company around you. Second of all, enjoy the smell of the food that's in your plate, the presentation, and it gives you as well this anticipation, which contributes ever so much to your leptin hormone, giving the right signals to your receptors. 
I'm telling your receptors you are about to be satisfied. You are already satisfied by smells, by the, the look of the food. So that's another great French tip. Don't start eating until your host sits down and says, Bon appétit. That's so important. Don't cut up the lettuce. Don't eat with your hands. Another thing, you will never ever see ketchup on a French table. And if it's a barbecue table at a garden party, I, I often do them, I've actually never ever offered anyone ketchup. I have it for my foreigners and if I'm going to put ketchup on the table, I would never put the actual bottle of ketchup on the table. I would take a tiny, tiny little um, plate, round plate, deep plate, but tiny, like the size of my thumb and put a gulp of ketchup and give it to whoever asks for it. So unless you're really having french fries in a restaurant, they'll give it to you. But at home, you would never see anyone, any French person having an omelette with ketchup. Potatoes are eaten with mustard or with mayonnaise. Speaking of which, you will never see um, salad dressing bottles on a table in a French place, in a French house, in a French household. So most of the time, when you go to a French supermarket, you will notice that the salad dressing aisle is so small. You have maybe the choice of four different dressings and usually they are imports. Salad dressings are homemade. So I make my own truffle vinaigrette, for example, and it's so easy. You prepare it in two minutes and at least it's free of processed shit and all of these crazy ingredients that they put even in your low-fat dressings or in those ginger Chinese fucking dressings that are full of shit, but they're low-fat, but they're full of shit. They're literally endocrine disruptors in those low-fat dressings that you have. So like I said, if you go in a French supermarket, you're going to notice that small aisle, small, small, small selection of fake salad dressings, as I like to call them. It's really not appropriate on a French table to actually put a salad dressing bottle on the table. So even if a French person is going to dare buy one of those fake dressings with all these preservatives and shit in them, they're actually going to transfer them to a pretty glass ball or porcelain ball to put on the table. They would never put the actual bottle with the stickers and whatever the brand on it like Hans or whatever the fuck that is. So inappropriate, so not chic. But this really prompts you to realize that a French person is going to make the dressing at home. So on my e-cookbook, Simply the Best, there is my French vinaigrette truffle dressing that you put on the string beans, um, sexy string beans, for example, or on my asparagus salad. So easy to prepare, so chic, so much healthier. And the e-cookbook explains to you that it's very chic also to have olive oil and not run away from it 
like it's gonna give you some type of an illness. It's so much better to eat olive oil than eat a fucking dressing that you bought in the supermarket. Everything that's in those dressings has words in XYZs that I don't even understand that sounds like the content and ingredients of a perfume. Why would you shove that down your throat and put that in your gut? You're ripping your gut apart with all this processed food. I don't care how low fat it is and I don't care what health guru is telling you that this is an amazing product for you. So you see, everything that the French kind of do at the table that's all about being classy and etiquette is also so correlated with health benefits. Whether they intended it to be that way or not, I see it. My mom meant for me to kept my French, the French culture of our family alive when she transmitted it to me. And I did the same with my kids. I wanted to keep the savoir-vivre, the classiness of the French culture that I was taught by transmitting it to my kids. But I noticed that it's actually the very core of our healthy habits, that it promotes so much healthy habits, so many healthy habits, and it kind of gets us away from unhealthy habits. I'm going to give you a little trick that has nothing to do with dieting or with being skinnier, although I do think that it is an amazing thing to do and it will take away that over-drinking wine. Toasting for the French is amazing. And Gilles and I do this all the time and with everyone that is sitting at our table. First of all, you never start drinking without toasting. Even if it's not a special occasion, regular Tuesday night dinner, if there's wine on the table, you're gonna have wine, you're gonna wait to toast. And you're gonna wait and you're gonna toast with the person that you're toasting with, looking them in the eye. If you don't look in the eye, it's offensive. I think that this is amazing. You toast, look in the eye and make a nice toast. Say cheers, santé, which is to your health. And you also never cross with other people, which means again that the French in their etiquette are prompting you to take momentum instead of throwing yourself on the wine and starting to gobble it down. Because if there are six people at the table, you need to toast with every single one of them and you can't cross arms. So if the person across from me is toasting with a person next to me, I cannot actually go toast them because you can't cross arms. That means you have to wait for every single person in a parallel or in a diagonal to toast one another, looking each other in the eye, looking away from their plates, looking up, paying attention to the tradition, paying attention to the, celebra the celebratory thing that it is to sit at a table and eat, even if it's a regular Tuesday night dinner. I love that. So it is not a simple affair to drink in France and I love that because it's all again about momentum rather than grabbing a glass of wine and gobbling it down. So toasting is very important. Look to your partner in the eye and try not to cross arms with anyone. Very important. And you say santé. The most important tip I will give you, I've been giving when I spoke about cortisol. Dining in France is not only 
a ceremonial event, it is one that is so important. A survey has found that more than 50% of French people spend over an hour eating lunch every day, even on a work day. It is by far the biggest percentage of all countries that have been surveyed. There was like maybe 15 of them. So if you are eating dinner or lunch, make sure you take your time over your food to savor the delicate flavors. Not only this will, this will work wonders on your cortisol levels because you're taking your time so your digestion will be smooth, cortisol levels low, no insulin resistance, no fat storage, stubborn fat storage on your midsection. And not only is it polite to do so, it's also amazing for your leptin hormone, your saturation hormone, because you take your time. So you let all of your senses come into play. 60% remember of your satiation, the sensors that are sent to your, to your neurons about you being satiated, 60% is before you even put the food in your mouth. So take that moment. When you are done eating, make sure you lay your knife and fork parallel to each other on the right side of your plate. That indicates that you are done eating. Now, that may have nothing to do with staying skinny, but once again, I find the ceremonial aspect of the gesture amazing for cortisol levels. It feels so chic. And it's also a wonderful way of staying fine and refined when you finish your food. Maybe that will tempt you to not go for seconds because you've already made that beautiful gesture of putting your fork and your knife parallel to the right side of your plate, indicating you are done eating. You don't touch cheese with your fingers. Oh, and you don't remove the skin from your cheese. My mom always said, brie and camembert, the skin is actually the best part. She's right. It is often, if the cheese is raw, the most probiotic part of your cheese. Don't touch it with your fingers and don't take it off. Eat it with a nice knife that's made for it. In France, bread is not cut with a knife. It is cut with your hands which I think is fantastic in the sense that if you are a little bit French, you know you're not supposed to go for seconds. You know that if someone hands over a plate to you, a platter to serve yourself, you're supposed to serve yourself a small French quantity. Same go with the bread. You're gonna cut the bread size of your hand. So when you cut with a knife, you tend to make bigger measurements of bread per person. But being that the etiquette in France is to never cut bread with a knife, but get with a knife, but with your hand, all you can do is grab the part that's going to be your piece and cut it with your hand, the size of your hand. And eating a piece of baguette the size of your hand is never going to make you fat. You don't put the bread in your plate. Your plate is made for your food. You put the bread on the table at the right or left side of your plate. So this baguette etiquette is actually a great way to portion your bread eating habits. The size of your hand. You're never going to get fat just having a piece of bread the size of your hand at a meal. I'm so anti-diet 
and I love bread. I will have bread, good bread. Especially in France, bread tends to be so much better than the bread in the United States. We're very lucky. So if you are in Europe, please have bread. Enjoy it. Don't binge on it. Cut it with your hand like a real French person. Remember baguette etiquette and have it. It's also French. It's so chic. It's so not chic to run away from carbs all the time. And this is probably what is making you gain weight. Running away from carbs, seeing food as an enemy, eating salad to deter yourself from eating the plat de resistance, all this negativity around the food is what is making America the most obese country. It's this fear of food that makes people crazy about food. Pretty much what you need to know is that eating and drinking is a partial part of French culture and social life. So that's why there are rules and codes. But I love that. I love that it's not just about gobbling food. I love that it's not eating at your desk or eating at your kitchen counter. It's a ceremonial thing, which makes food such an ally. The best way of thinking of eating like a French person, a French chic gangster is Eat together at the dinner table, not at the kitchen counter or in front of the TV. That is so important. Take momentum between two or three bites. Put your fork and knife down and look up. Talk to the people around you. Have a sip of your wine. Have a sip of water. Keep your forearms on the table as you do so. Don't go and make big gestures with your fork in your hand. If you are invited to a wedding and it's a buffet or at a party, Christmas, Thanksgiving, anything, finish your plate and don't go for seconds. You remember this. Now, another thing you should always do, and this is the significant difference between a French party and an American party, for example. And I was told by Dr. Michel Brody, it's very much the same in the UK. UK, London, UK in general is starting to be more like the United States. In France, if there's a buffet, no one's going to touch it until the hostess invites you to. And usually, it will take someone very brave to be first to go. You never want to be the first to go serve yourself. You want to be constantly polite and let people go ahead of you. As opposed to like in the United States when I used to go to bar mitzvahs, weddings or big parties with a smorgasbord. People would like literally go online and push each other and shove each other and put as much in their plate as they could. Not in France. In France there was there would always be food left on a buffet. People actually fight to let the next person go first. And that's lovely. So when you arrive, just know if you see a buffet, don't make your way to it. You're going to wait till everybody is invited to go to the buffet and then you will let a few people go ahead of you. And that is so fantastic. Make sure you don't fill up your plate too much. French people look at other people's plates and the way you fill up your plate defines who they think you are or how chic or tacky 
they may think you are. You are what's in your plate in France. So be very careful with your choices. Gilles and I often start our evening with an aperitif, which we call an apéro, and it usually includes a drink and some light appetizer. So we like maybe a little bit of my Simply Inulin high-fiber tahini bread and small slices that we toast. And usually I make them the size of a finger. I cut the bread very small and I put a piece of foie gras. You never slather the foie gras. It's not a paste. You take a piece, you cut it and you put the full piece on the bread. And that's an apéro. And that's so satisfying. So by the time dinner rolls around, you feel so satisfied. But it's very, very important to not be afraid of having an apéro. It's classy. No one ever got fat from apéro. It's also very important to stay up to date with local news and national stories to keep a conversation interesting. That is a fundamental part of eating, of the ceremony of eating any given day in France. Not a specific day, not a huge family dinner with your brothers and your brothers and your sister-in-laws. Every day, even with your children. You have turned the TV on, you have listened to the news, and you're going to discuss it with your children. We often ask the kids, hey, did you hear about Trump's shutdown? Are you aware? That's very French. And what this does again? It makes the ceremony of eating about so much more than just the food and our relationship with food. Food is just a bonus. I hope you enjoyed this few tips and episode. You will notice that the few etiquette tips that were taught to me by my mama, Suzanne, maman, as I call her, by my parents, my dad as well, turn out to be so beneficial for our health and to balance our hormones. Beneficial for your cortisol levels, your leptin hormone, your satiation hormone, which sends neurological signals to your brains about how good you feel about the food you are eating. And most importantly, make you happy. Remember, keeping your cortisol levels low is a great way of keeping your midsection from storing fat in very stubborn areas. Areas that even diet and exercise haven't been able to target. So I found that French etiquette is actually wonderful for balancing of hormones, what I call happiness hormones, keeping a smaller midsection and being overall, 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 sorry, gangster chic, fucking tray chic. I think it's important that you remember that in France, there are certain hours you can eat at restaurants, for example. So that's going to be my last tip. In France, you have lunch between 12.30 and 2.30 p.m. And dinner between 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. Outside of those hours, you're going to have to go to a bakery or a cafe to have more to eat. This is a great etiquette tip. But if you think about it, 
it is also wonderful for your cortisol levels. One of the tips that I got from doctors when I do all this research about cortisol levels, how to keep your cortisol levels low, keeping your hours of eating recurrent and consistent so your body knows when to expect food as opposed to America where people eat at all times of the day. So in France, if you've passed lunchtime 2.30 p.m., you will have a very hard time finding a decent meal and decent table to eat at. So it prompts people to rush and eat lunch at the proper time, no matter what social group they belong to, from the mailman to the teacher to the CEO. last thing someone asked me about French beauty tips but I want to keep it within the same line of conversation so here is my French beauty tip and what I've learned since I've been here less is more you want beautiful skin you have to give yourself beautiful skin from within you are absolutely what you eat stop running away from carbs and have real fatty acids Sassini seeds, I always say that. Olive oil, you need olive oil to have smooth, plump, gorgeous skin. Eating olive oil will not make you fat. Cold pressed European olive oil is your best bet. I always talk about it. Have eggs, don't be afraid to eat real food. Then you won't need so many topical, expensive, la mer, la prairie, La Shabadoubadou, none of them are French, by the way. They all say la, but they're not French. French people actually love their bodies from within and they love their skin and hair from within. The only thing I cannot credit them with is good teeth. Good hair, good skin, glowing eyes all start in your gut. And the way that you treat your body and your hormonal system, your endocrine system. So mind your cortisol levels. Mind what you eat, have your prebiotic, probiotic, fiber, proteins, and stop running away from real food. Processed food is not chic. Real food is gangster fucking chic. If you don't know what I mean by real food, but you've been watching my Insta stories, you can get my e-cookbook, Simply the Best, with a huge touch of French cooking and a small touch of Moroccan. It comes with my spice, Aras El Hanout, Simply the Best, that's what it translates to, the best in the shop, which includes 30 pungent spices from Morocco, which is what my heritage is from. Is from. The e-cookbook includes 15 of my favorite recipes, real food with real products, not processed shit. So you can get that on the shop and it's going to be in the show notes as it always is. I have just also launched um, the Mind Body Power Mentor Sessions where you can get a certain amount of time a session with me where I can teach you 
to control your body with your powerful mind. More on that. I teach you to follow your intuition and start eating food that is good for you. After a few sessions, you will be able to intuitively treat your body and love your body from within. The link will also be in the show notes for that. So this is a new thing that I've launched after popular demand. The Mind to Body Power Mentor sessions can be through Skype or FaceTime with me and they'll give you the tools that you need to step away from restrictive mindsets, diets, um, lifestyle and intuitively eat, live, move, breathe like a chic gangster avec une touche de French. You can transform your body through your mind, understand your hormones, your gut, your intuitive abilities to balance health, wellness, fitness with happiness. Along with that, you can get onto the virtual platform and work out. So many of my clients that work out on their own on the virtual platform, there are currently five videos, a new one is launching this coming week as well. So those that work out on their own are actually gravitating towards the mind to body power mentor sessions. So every other week or once a month, we have a session and we can reflect together on the progress that they've made. And they can see how their intuition has come into play along with having the smart movements of the virtual platform. I hope that makes sense. The link to the virtual platform is also in the show notes. If you are unsure sure what those smart movements are and what the method is all about, there's always the free flash workouts. I have a bunch of followers that still do those, free, those two free flash workouts and swear by them. So go ahead and give it a try. It's also in the show notes. You want to do your gut some good and love your body from within? Of course, we have Simply Inulin. As I'm, as I'm sipping on my Inulin tea right now, added three teaspoons of Simply Inulin in my tea and bam, that's 16 gram of fiber with no other shits added. Speaking of no other shits added, of course you can find Simply Inulin um, on the show notes and how to purchase it. Th speaking of no shits added, French people really don't like any type of supplements. They get their supplements from real food. They don't pop vitamins like we do in the United States, like it is done in the United States because I don't do that and I don't live there anymore. They don't have those huge jars of supplements and protein powders in their kitchens. You will find fresh lemons, you will find maca maybe, you will find fresh dill, you'll find a lot of spices, but you will never find fucking disgusting supplements because that's not what you need to rely on. You need to rely on real food. That's oh so chic. And that's why I called Simply Inulin Simply. Because remember, whatever is simple is best. Less is more. Simple is chic. And simple is sexy. It is so easy to follow your intuition when you keep it simple. When you aren't sure, just go simple. On this note, 
I wish you a beautiful weekend from beautiful Monaco. Bisous bisous, au revoir tout le monde.